Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Frame uh, Podcast. Could you just oh. uh, just uh, take, stop and take it from the top one more time. Okay, okay, you ready? Andy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really excited to have you. Um, you are the director of the Virginia Film Office. and That's um, right. I'm really happy to, um, the whole thing that I want to get into is kind of talking about um, the Virginia Film Office as a resource, because everyone I've talked to at the, um, in the Virginia Film Office always talks about how it's a resource for filmmakers. And um, coming from the kind of indie world, I think a lot of filmmakers are a little hesitant <laughs> to contact because it's so official and it's the state and whatnot, but I kind of want to use this as a, um, to get people excited about contacting you guys and seeing what's available through the website and through talking with you guys. So, um, but before we get to all that, can you talk about your career and what led you to become the director of the Virginia Film Office? Well, sure. First of all, thanks so much for having me, Zach. And, uh, you know, I was brought to this business through music, really. Uh, my mother went to Juilliard. My father was an attorney, so I could either choose door number one or door number two. So, of course, I chose the very easy, easy path of being an artist <laughs> and uh, decided to uh, to pursue music since the age of about 13. So I was this little hotshot guitar player growing up in rural Virginia, uh, you know, pursuing my dream, wanting to be a rock star. Then in the mid-80s, I had an idea for a music video and a concept and a song that I'd written. And uh, we produced this music video here in the Richmond area in the mid-80s of a band that I had. And uh, I, I just during that process, I became fascinated with the filmmaking process. And so I then would piece together a living between playing music at night and working in production during the day. Got my first job on a movie in like 1987, uh, in 88, working on a miniseries, a Lincoln miniseries, uh, ironically, uh, there was Sam Waterston played Lincoln and, um, and Mary Tyler Moore played Mary Todd. And this was a miniseries for NBC. And that was the first Lincoln thing. And now I've done five different Lincoln movies over my <laughs> career here. We, uh, Lincoln all the time, any, any kind of Lincoln movie, they, they, we end up uh, snagging them back here in the Commonwealth for sure. But yeah, so it started with uh, music and pursuing my own dream as an artist through the first half of my life. And then about 24 years ago, as far as you know, transitioning over to the Film Commission, um, uh, my wife and I had our first child, and I said, look, I need a job with health insurance. Right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, right? And, and so my pursuit of being an independent contractor, musician, and, and uh, you know, production worker, it kind of changed, and I, I kind of incorporated my experience of playing music all around the state. I knew the state very well, you know, topographically and geographically. So and I ended up kind of in locations in my production space, production world. So I came to the film commission here when Rita McClinney was running the film office. And I, at the time, I offered to work for free for the film office. And I said, 
I want to come in and uh, convert the location library, which is a collection of manila folders of locations around the state. <laughs> and I wanted to convert this library. So we need to convert it to digital. And this was like 1996 or so. And everybody was like, well, what is that? I mean, this is, this is how innovative it was at the time. Yeah. And I said, and, and I wasn't any computer genius. I just could see that, look, we're going to digital photography, especially in locations and for film and, and so we need to convert this stuff into a, like a database, right, where we can right. search up these images uh, with a computer. And so I convinced them to, uh, to, we took all these manila folders and shipped them off to Virginia Tech. And we had all these grad students scanning, scanning, scanning for days and months to scan these location images into this digital database. So we were one of the first states and the first film commission to have a digital database where you could actually pop into this computer, plug in Red Barn by a Pond, and these images would pop up with a Red Barn by a Pond. So we was very innovative. We had the greatest database uh, besides California Film Commission at the time, and theirs was designed by NASA. So we were, uh, we were pretty cutting edge. And also the, the great punchline to that story is that Rita, God bless her, the film commissioner at the time, uh, did not let me work for free, so she gave me a job here at the film office, and uh, I've just been here ever since. So I was kind of the thing that wouldn't leave, and then uh, you know, over the last 23 years, uh, I, I've just been here, and then little by little, and uh, you know, I, I became the actual uh, director of the film office about, I guess, eight or nine years ago. But I've just been here a long time and been kind of. The, the person that interacted with the clients over the years and uh, have kind of taken that customer service, uh, uh, you know, concept of delivering great customer service has been kind of our, our mantra to try to create re repeat business. Um, and then, you know, not to just keep running my mouth here, but just to touch upon what you're talking about, you know, independent filmmakers and, and Virginia-based filmmakers and lower-budget storytellers, and that's something that's really close to my heart because I, I, I love to support, um, you know, innovative storytellers that are trying to use efficient ways to tell these stories, and certainly these type of filmmakers should reach out to the film office for help, but at the same time, it is true that our first uh, order of business is public safety, so sometimes... You know, I'll have a filmmaker that'll call and say, hey, uh, can this guy just hold on to the hood of this car while we're driving down the road to this neighborhood? <laughs> I'm like, well, no, that's yeah. not probably a great idea. You should probably call a professional stunt person to, you know, organize such activity. So, I mean, you will have, uh, you know, areas sometimes that we can't help with location, for example, unless you're able to deliver a certificate of insurance to the location owner. Uh, so that type of thing, that's kind of the minimum threshold in it. But we certainly do love to help filmmakers, you know, uh, gain access to things that they normally wouldn't gain access to as a low-budget filmmaker. Uh, for example, we had a state employee here in Richmond um, working in the bowels of state government, some kind of video production world uh, that she was working in. And she had an idea for a science fiction movie she wanted to do, and she needed access to the old state library here in, in Richmond. And so I helped her get access to it, and she made this little science fiction movie called The Snowflake Crusade years ago. And this, uh, this, this filmmaker's name is Megan Holly. 
And so she said, well, this was a great experience. I brought all my friends together. We made this little independent film. She made this little feature-length film for like, you know, eight grand or something and got it done and used this great big-scale state building and was very, you know, critical to the film. And then she said, well, I'm not sure what to do next. I said, well, Megan, you should try to enter into the Virginia screenwriting competition that we host at the Virginia Film Office and mm-hmm. in partnership with UVA. And I said, one of our great success stories is that Vince Gilligan got his whole career from winning our competition one year in the early 90s, and we introduced him to a producer, Mark Johnson, and he went off to L.A. and worked on X-Files and the rest is history and Breaking Bad and everything. I said, so it worked well for Vince. You should just write a screenplay and enter it into our competition and see what happens because you're a really good writer. So about a year later, I I hear from Megan, and she said, you know, I, I entered into the competition because it's all blind. I don't know who's entered, right? It's a blind kind of uh, competition. Right. And she said, apparently I was one of the winners. And she actually won for a screenplay that she wrote based on an NPR story she heard on the radio about a mother and daughter crime scene cleanup company called Sunshine Cleaning. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so me. Oh, a great, great film. And she wrote the screenplay and she won the competition and then we introduced her to some producers, and they they went off to uh, to uh, make the movie. Now, unfortunately, the the uh, the intent of the screenwriting competition is that people will uh, have success in the screenwriting competition and then bring the movie back to Virginia to be produced. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, that movie, uh, as much as Megan wanted to shoot it here at the time, we didn't have enough uh, dreaded tax credits uh, to be able to attract the movie here, so they had to film it in New Mexico. But I guess my point about all that is that Megan's career began with one small phone call to the film office to help her gain access to that old library of Virginia. And um, so we're we're here. We can help at many different levels. It's not just uh, stamping permits, which we actually don't even issue permits here at the film office. There's no state permit really required unless you're using state roads. But you know, film commissions have evolved over the years. Now there are 400 film commissions around the world, right? Yeah. Even Bosnia has a film commission and, uh, you know, Dubai and just, uh, you know, everyone wants this content manufacturing process in their state, their country, their province. Uh, because when a production comes into a community, they spend a lot of money in all parts of the economy. They're like super tourists with a payroll. So right. what happens is over the years, film commissions first started out as a clearinghouse to try to attract work to their state and to help them get permits to shut down a highway, right? Then it evolved into almost a location service where you were expected to eventually have a location library and database where people could just come and shop locations online. Then it evolved into a financing mechanism through to incentives and things that you have to provide to basically states are pay, paying for 20, 25% of a production now. So the taxpayers are paying for, you know, a good chunk of, of productions. So then you have to evolve from that into being a forensic accountant to make sure that, that, that people that are the beneficiaries of such incentives are in fact spending the money they claim they're spending, and so they can earn the uh, the rebate they do. So the the film commission's role has evolved over years along that whole timeline. Therefore, it requires different skill sets and more bandwidth and more people and uh, to do it effectively. So, can I ask you what 
at what point, um, no matter what, um, no matter who the filmmaker is, what, I guess, is a reason people should contact the film office? Is it besides just locations? What are some other um, resources that filmmakers should contact the, the film office for? Well, for example, we have um, a, a module on our website called Real Crew. And this is a repository where anyone that has credits or it works as a production professional can get a free listing in our uh, our database. And, and clients use this. So, um, you know, whether you're a PA or a DP, you know, you, you can list yourself for free. And, it, you know, it's up to the client to check references and things of this nature. But it is a free resume wrangler, if you will, where you can, you know, connect your resume to your own login page uh, as a crew person. Uh, so certainly if you as a filmmaker are trying to find some like-minded uh, people that can help help you in your region to assemble a crew to, to come together, then uh, that that's another resource we can provide for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely, and we also support a group called the Virginia Production Alliance, which is a trade association, uh, which we encourage anyone who's a filmmaker or a technician to join the VPA, because that is basically the political voice for your industry, just like the Chamber of Commerce or whatever, you know, that you, you want to have a voice in this industry in Virginia you should join the VPA because the, the more people that join, uh, the, the more effective your voice can be as it creates government policy that can uh, affect and, and grow your industry. Right now in Virginia, uh, you know, the, the total production industry around the state, including post-production and, uh, you know, corporate work and everything, all throughout the northern Virginia area, there's just an enormous amount, as you know, of, of corporate work and yeah. industrial work up there. Uh, but, you know, from, from southwest Virginia to the Hampton Roads region to Richmond and northern Virginia, it's about an $800 million a year industry for the Commonwealth that has about close to 5,000 people that are full-time employed uh, in this industry in various capacities, mm -hmm. you know, full-time equivalent employment. So, it actually that's more people that now work in production than work in the coal industry in Virginia. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, and it's growing too, because, you know, what I like to say is when I talk to my kids and I say, look, when I was your age, we only had three television stations to choose from, right. <laughs> you know, right. they look at me like I'm an alien. Right. And, and, <laughs> and now, you know, the landscape, of course they say, well, why didn't you just go online? You know, they don't even understand. Um, but, uh, they, um, now there's just so many different platforms, which this creates this global demand for content to fill up all these platforms. And so it is a great time to be in the content creation uh, business um, because as a storyteller, there's just so many new platforms and new ways to consume content that you and I, Zach, haven't even thought of sitting here, you know, on, on online today, but somebody's going to come up, for example, 
with the the latest Blair Witch Project of the AR space, for example, right. or the VR space. And it hasn't hit yet, but it's going to hit soon. And somebody's going to come up with this cool, short-form, episodic hit. You know, there have been a few, but, but you know, this is just going to be something that's going to capture the zeitgeist. It's going to just blow up what really micro, short-form, episodic stuff can be. Like, there, there's a big play that's being made into this space now with the company called Quibi. You've probably read about. Uh, yeah, I've heard like, Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, Geffen and I think Megan Ellison. And I mean, there's a lot of money behind trying to figure out where the new generation of viewers is going to be consuming their content and in what platform and, and what, you know, what different kind of combination of platforms. Cause what's really mind blowing to me sometimes is some of the stuff we go shoot, like we will go right now, we're working on this beautiful um, uh, limited series for Showtime that Ethan Hawke is doing called the good Lord bird. And it's about John Brown and, we're out shooting this beautiful cinematic wide scope, um, you know, just incredibly beautiful cinematography that's happening for this, for this work. And then you go and think, well, wow. Yeah. Somebody's going to be looking at, looking at it on their phone or their iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It's what a, you know, it's not really a waste, but it's just a shame that this will not be seen in the big scale that it is worthy of being consumed. But that's just the way it is, right? You know, it's uh, you know, people are going to yeah. consume it in the in the easiest way they can, and I don't mind it either. I mean, it depends what I'm watching. I mean, I just watch it on my phone or watch it in little little bits and bites that I can, and when you can, just, yeah, when I can and how I can and. I mean, the question is, though, Zach, how can we watch all this stuff? There's so much good stuff out there. I mean, my God, I have to stay tied to a television or my laptop or something 24 hours a day to to it's watch just like the good stuff. It's almost like we should get paid to do it. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, right. It's crazy. What are you excited about in terms of production in Virginia, and what are you guys excited about in the Virginia film office? Well, what I'm excited about in Virginia is that we've always been innovators as a state. I mean, throughout history, you know, we've always been innovators of discovery and um, and entrepreneurship. And what's unique about Virginia is our proximity to Washington, for example, and especially speaking of Northern Virginia filmmakers that there will never be a shortage of drama or stories or scandal or intrigue (laughs) coming out of Washington. So as a storyteller, there will always be a certain amount of work and that, that will need to use some of those iconic uh, locations and scenes. So, so we can always tap into a certain amount of work that will, that will happen in the Northern Virginia area. Right. So, so that's good. I'm excited about that. We'll continue. And then, Actually, interestingly, with, you know, the Amazon uh, footprint that's coming in up there, I mean, Amazon produces about $8 billion worth of content a year. So hopefully with Amazon's presence coming to Northern Virginia, we can become their backyard of production right here in the Commonwealth. Because the one thing good about Virginia, we have such diverse topography and architecture. We can play anywhere. For this John Brown thing we're doing right now, we're playing – 
everywhere from Kansas to New York State to everything in between. So Virginia is a perfect palette for filmmakers to tell any story they're trying to tell. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about new technology, and I'm excited about the fact that we have 32 colleges and universities in Virginia that have film and media programs that young people want to be in this space of storytelling and making content. And we want them to be able to get a job and have a career and do what they love right here in Virginia. And especially as it starts to integrate with new technology and VR and AR and where that's going to go. I mean, some of that to me still seems a little gimmicky, but it's coming. And and this AR space is just going to change our world and somebody's got to create that content. You know, when you're when you're going to visit Manassas Battlefield, for example, and you put on the glasses or you have your digital contacts or whatever you have, and you're looking at that overlay of uh, of um, activity where you can experience Manassas Battlefield with video content uh, integrated into it, somebody has to produce that content, right? right. So we right. want to make that content here in Virginia, and that just creates great opportunities for people to work in this space. And, and we just think we're uniquely suited to be a leader in this space, and uh, we want to continue delivering the service we do and collecting the sets that we do when people film here and we, we make them leave their sets with us. <laughs> Yeah. And we hoard these sets and use them, recycle them for the next movie and the next movie and the next movie. I want to continue doing that and, uh, you know, supporting our festivals all around the state. And so right. everyone can enjoy the opportunity to go as a community together and be inspired by films that will help people take action to make a better world. Well, and what uh, if a Virginia filmmaker wants to dig deeper into the community that's around them and everything that the Virginia film ha office has to offer and locations and whatnot, where would you direct them? Where's a good place for them to become familiar with what's around them? Well, it's very easy. Just go to our website at filmvirginia.org, filmvirginia spelled out.org. And then there's a tab at the top that says for Virginians and you can go there and you can, learn about everything from submitting your farm as a location into our database or finding out how to become a crew member or finding out how to perhaps join the Virginia Production Alliance and all of those links. But I, I would certainly uh, recommend that's the place to start. It starts there. Even your storytelling starts there too. So we can, uh, we can help in, in so many ways. And you know, we depend on uh, folks like you, Zach, that are filmmakers and, and and enthusiasts that want to share your passion for this art form with others. And that's what creates a vibrant community is shows like this. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been really helpful, and I've been very excited about you coming on the show. So I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Zach, and I hope we can connect sometime. Are you going to be up at the uh, State of the Industry thing? I think it's coming up on... I think it's September 18th or 19th up in uh yeah, yeah. I, in fact uh, I think it is on my calendar yes yeah I have it on my calendar I will be there and in fact Lars is another one of my um I've shot at Thundershot a couple of times and Lars is on my list of guests to bring on the show so I'm going to try and grab him in the next month or two to come on and talk about Thundershot because I know he's a big player 
in the VPA up here. Yeah, well, you send them my best, and I, I, I hope to see you then in, in a few weeks, okay? Hey guys, just want to remind you that not only can you find the Full Frame Podcast on HMD's website, www.hmdfilms.com, but you can find us on Facebook, and most importantly, you can find us on iTunes, where we would really like if you could leave a review and subscribe. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you.